The Pilgrimage of the Heart podcast is brought to you by PYO.Yoga, an online studio for all your yoga needs, including videos in Spanish and Russian. This podcast is also brought to you by Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga, located in San Diego and serving over 1,000 yogis a week. Hi, this is Sujantra. Join me now and every week as we explore yogic philosophy and apply it to our daily lives. A lot of people, through the meditation, start to real, we start to realize how creative we are. You know, so a lot of times just in our day-to-day lives, our minds kind of get caught in uh, just the routines of life and the, the day-to-day world, and oftentimes we don't give ourselves time to just sit and close our eyes and imagine and use our imagination. And so meditation is a really good time to do that. Because one of the ideas is you can imagine like a waterfall or a river and this brings us peace. But you can also imagine yourself and, and the person you want to become. Or you can use your imagination to remember back to a time in life when maybe you felt very carefree or you were very happy. Let's say you're going through a challenging time and you're a little down, or you can use your imagination to go back to an earlier, to a different state of consciousness. And again, you can project forward and envision the way you want your life to be. And our thoughts are very powerful. And so that's a good ability to project yourself into the future. It's, an, it's very... Uh, It's a very evolved ability to be a self-creating being. And that's where you get into this idea of evolution and transformation. So in some ways, our evolution and transformation is limited, for example, in the physical body. You know, we're bound by certain laws of nature, aging, etc. But in the world of our thoughts, in the world of our minds, in the world of our emotions, there things are much more plastic, much more elastic, and there can be a lot more change in terms of our thinking process, in terms of our emotions. We can have transformation and evolution in those areas. And in the poem, Sri Chamoy says, Some call it cosmic evolution. Others call it life's perfection. I call it God's transcending perfection. So let's explore a little bit what that means. God's transcending perfection. Anyone want to offer up what that could mean or, or something uh, that relates to it. God's transcending perfection. Pujar? Well, if something's transcending, then it's never like a stat, never reaches a point and it stops. It's like it's always transcending going, becoming. 
And in physics, I think Albert Einstein pointed to the idea of an ever-expanding universe. I see it as fluid. You know, fluid. Just like fluid. Kind of like that progress. Fluid progress, that's a nice imagery. I think a lot of times we, if we choose to think about God, oftentimes, myself anyway, think of that God, think of God in a very static form. And that somehow God is like perfect or always right or knows everything. Um... But here it's a much different idea when you think about God's transcending perfection. It is a very fluid, growing, expanding reality. It's not static. And it's not bound by our thinking. I saw a bumper sticker this morning. It said, God is pro-life. And I thought to myself, well, God's also pro-death. Because <laughs> he, he or she created both realities. And so, this idea of this transcending perfection, it's a nice way to think that the evolution is evolving. Transformation is transforming. It's not, it's not a static you know, we have to get to point B and it's all predetermined what point B is. Same applying to our own life. You can, you can, I was talking about projecting ahead. You can project ahead like the person you'd like to be in five years and the reality you'd like to be surrounded by and the relationships and the people and all these things. It's great to be able to do that. At the same time, you also don't want to be bound by it because maybe your potential or your karma or however you want to look at it is, is far beyond that. Whatever you're envisioning as like a best case scenario for you, you have the potential to, to transcend that, to go beyond that. And, and your, your whole concept of five years from now is you're limiting yourself actually. Even though you're trying to be as expansive as possible and as hopeful as possible, maybe even that is limiting. So this idea of the transcending perfection, that ever-expanding universe. And just like in the idea of the expanding universe, if you try and think about it with your mind, then, okay, well, what's the universe expanding inside of? You know, usually we think like, okay, the rivers, um, you know, you pour water on the floor and the water's expanding, but it's in the realm of the floor. But if you think of the universe expanding, what's it expanding inside of? And so it, it goes, and you have to, your mind, our minds can't grasp it. Our minds are, are too limited. And so the same thing with perfection. Or how much, how happy can you be in your life? You know, if you think, okay, wow, the happiest I can be is if I can be as happy as I was when 
you know, I was a little girl and walking with my mom in the park and she's holding my hand or when I did this or when I did that. But even that can, what, your happiest moment in life and you think, God, if I could only be that happy again at once. Again, the idea that, that there's, possibly there's infinitely more levels of happiness than you can even, than you've even had. And again, that's where it's great to get into meditation, exploring, having good spiritual philosophy so that you can really have these experiences in life. You can have a really full reality. And then the other part of the poem, some call it bitter frustration. Others call it wild destruction. I call it God's challenging Revolution. God's challenging revolution. Uh, what can we say about that? A challenging revolution. What 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 is challenging what? Change so, is challenging. Right. Change is challenging, not change. What else is Challenging. Think about just your own life. What, what different forces are challenging each other? I think, um, I think in my own life, the challenge has been coming to accept God or higher power. And I definitely know from personal experience that, um, yeah, I mean, just for so long, I suffered for so long, um, kind of just running on my own power and making really bad choices, constantly running into roadblocks and barriers, and having, well, first of all, believing, and then cultivating that faith has allowed me to feel like I have some sort of God within. Mm -hmm. And um, that, you know, by practicing, by making good choices, surrounding myself with good and practicing things like meditation um, that I I am evolving as like a soul and as part of a collective mm. you know, um, that we are in this community. Yeah. So. Good. And so uh, we could break that down to the idea of basically the deepest part of yourself is like challenging your ego so yeah. the ego is being dealt with because the ego is so rigid and I know what's right and, and I've got it figured out and here's what reality is and so the, ch- the challenge there is like breaking through the ego what would be another challenging revolution what would we, we face as individuals I'm just going to Compromise, and that is challenging or challenged by what? Maybe, 
So, um, compromise, another word could be, um, compromising your integrity. Oh, right. Okay. So, um, so yeah. Your own truth. And and why would we compromise our own truth in a relationship? To be loved. Yeah, to be loved and maybe... We're, we're insecure about, well, what will I be if I'm not in this relationship? And so, rather than allow for change, I'm going to do what I deep down know is not my deepest truth. So, so there, the, the, the challenging forces of insecurity or fear, being challenged, challenged by like our own hearts and what we deep down know is truest for us. What's another challenging revolution you go through or you're going through? I think conflict in general, so when there's conflict between values or conflict between beliefs, mm-hmm. it's generally challenging. And then, what, what, again, like what would be an example of a... So, a with conflict and values, so when Uh, maybe you're putting your work first, but maybe that's conflicting with your family life or something. Mm-hmm. Sujata, could you read that first again? Some call it bitter frustration. Others call it wild destruction. I call it God's challenging revolution. We have our bitter, um, we create our own frustrations by our behavior, bitterness, and what was that one? Uh, the frustration, destruction, and challenging revolution. That we, we do that to ourselves, we create our own destruction by our actions, and I think God looks at us and says, he's looking at going, I, he has the challenge of recreating us and coming into us and lifting us up again. Mm. Nice. So the, this poem, for me, it really helps to take a step back from the things I go through on a day-to-day basis and try to see it in a bigger picture. Because that little caterpillar, if it overly fixates on you know, what it's feeling like to build the cocoon. And it's just like, gets tired and frustrated and I hate building this cocoon and let me just, uh, you know, stop. And, and, you know, get in a fight with another caterpillar. <laughs> it dies in the battle and never makes it to the butterfly. Yeah, tragic. Uh, and so being able to to look at ourselves and the little things we're going through and not get uh, lost in them. And I yeah. think it's interesting to see how things are I've been told since yesterday that things are always changing. It's that on 
And so sometimes you might feel really good or and happy. And then the next day you don't feel so good. Then the next day you might not feel good or you feel depressed, but then the next day you feel great. I mean, things are always changing in so many different ways. And just like accept that and accept the change as just part of life. Part of the evolution? Yeah, the challenges, the upheavals, it's all part of our evolution and our transformation. And then, just to briefly touch on the other, the second poem, there is no little enemy. And so, there, there's another poem Sri Chimoy has on the same, well he has a lot of poems on this theme. And, you know, in that poem he says, you know, one, one destructive thought can ruin a whole day. You know, our, our thoughts are so powerful, which is, which is a great feeling and experience when we're, when we're really using our thought in a positive, uplifting way. Then the power of thought is wonderful. But also the, 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 the uh, thought, thoughts, when our thoughts turn askew, when we fall into jealousy, fear, um, doubt, that then, that again, that's the power of thought, but in the, in, the, in the other side of it, which is not the pleasant side, to get lost in jealousy or insecurity and fear and doubt. And so realizing the magnitude of the enemy is an important part of of the discipline of meditation is realizing the, you know, when you see the power of jealousy or the power of fear or the power of loneliness, then acknowledging the power of that can really help you be focused and determined in your own spiritual practices. Because you realize if you, if you meditate every day and still your mind a little bit each day, then you're going to be able to work through those things. Whereas if you don't, a lot of times we can become overwhelmed by these little enemies. And so, hopefully acknowledging the power of the, these negative thoughts can help you realize, okay, if I do this much spiritual practice every day, I'm going to be able to get through this. No matter what I get hit with during the day, I'll get through it. There was one time, um, I think it was in the 90s maybe, Maybe it was 96. Sri Chimoy used to give a, a, um, a, what did he call it? Like a message at the beginning of each year, kind of about the spiritual qualities of the year. And there was one year, I think it was 96, he said inwardly it was a really, really challenging year, that there was a lot of um, kind of like negative forces or darker forces at play. And, you know, you can see that you know, humanity goes through a lot of things. And, you know, surely when World War II breaks out, there's more dark forces at play than there are, you know, when the Berlin Wall comes down. So, you know, as a... As a and so what he recommended to his students was, um, he said, if you, if you do four hours of spiritual discipline a day, you're gonna, you'll do fine this year. Um, and by spiritual discipline, he meant, you know, if you he would include in that some ex- exercising, singing, spiritual reading, meditation. Um, you know, if you're doing some service project or something, 
But he was pretty clear, like, it's going to take four hours a day or, the, or you're going to have some troubles this year. So the same idea in your own lives, looking at your, at your own daily practices for your own well-being and find out what, what is, what, how much do you need to do each day to keep yourself on track and peaceful and able to weather the challenges that come your way. So for a lot of people at the yoga studio that come and do the um, classes, you know, they do two classes a week and they've been doing it for five years because they found that, okay, that's, if they give themselves that two hours a, a week, that, that gets them through the week. So finding what it is for you, what, what, what combination of things. Thanks for joining us. This has been a production of Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga. Join us at our studios here in San Diego or visit us online at pyo.yoga. Namaste.